Ignite your life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor, because a healthy body is a sexy body. Oh, modern lovers, speaking of sexy bodies, you're going to love today's podcast. It's about living an orgasmic life, and we have a wonderful guest today. We'll be featuring best-selling author Janae Palette who has a new book, Living an Orgasmic Life, Heal Yourself and Awaken Your Pleasure. She wrote the book for anyone who's faced challenges in their sex life, who's been alienated from their erotic side. Maybe you face sexual abuse or trauma. You're going to find a healing balm in the pages of her book. And I'm so excited she's with us. But first, this coming Saturday is our live event here on our San Francisco Healing and training center it's called quantum power nine magic steps to transform your energy and your life and if you're wondering what quantum power is i ran into a guy at the gym who said to me gee do i have to know physics to come to that training i said no you don't need to know physics you just need to know that we are all part of the power and the light and the energy of the universe And you're going to learn how to tap into that to literally transform your life, and especially, of course, here at Modern Love, to transform your love life. So if you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, if you can get yourself here, this is the Saturday for you. And I'm always excited because we have special guests who will be with us this Saturday. One of them is Gwen Mitchell, powerful energy healer and teacher, And she'll be doing an open-eye diksha process with us to fire up our energy and our power. All right. That is going to be Saturday, April 13th, 10 to 6, here at the Modern Love Training Center in San Francisco. You can go to Eventbrite, grab your tickets, or a few seats left. So let's go straight to our Ask Dr. Brenda question so we can speak with our special guest right after that. It says, Dear Dr. Brenda, my boyfriend and I like to go to the movies every Saturday. Lately, with our busy schedules, this is the only activity we do as a couple. Typically, we go to a restaurant for a quick bite. Until recently, this was out of our routine. We've got a good relationship, but he's developed a wandering eye and seems to be checking out different women when they pass by our table at the restaurant. Looks like they are still having that bite. Okay. I've mentioned this and how uncomfortable I feel, but he says I've got nothing to worry about. How can I get him to stop? I don't want to break up, but it doesn't feel good. Signed, boyfriend trouble. Listen, trouble. This is a basic, basic cornerstone of any relationship. You talk about what works for you. He talks about what works for him. And you set up ground rules that work for both of you. So if you're saying he's doing something that makes you uncomfortable, you'll have to sit down and talk about 
whether the two of you can get on the same page. If not, then, yeah, you are going to have to look elsewhere for yourself, that is. And the other thing I want to say is it's important for you to also do some inner work and ask yourself, what's going on inside of me if maybe, just maybe, his eye isn't wandering that much, but maybe you're a little insecure. Okay, Trouble, you've got work to do. So let me tell you about our guest today. Janae Palette is a former New York City healthcare lawyer who lived in a sexless marriage, and she'll tell you about that in just a minute. She had her own sexual healing and awakening and has transitioned her career into a full-time sex and intimacy coach, writer, blogger, and teacher. She works with individuals and couples to empower them around their sexuality and to strengthen their relationship and intimacy skills. She's a certified somatica sex and intimacy coach, sexology body worker, holistic pelvic care (laughs) practitioner, tantra educator, and it goes on and on. I'm so happy to welcome you. How are you, Janae? Thank you. I'm doing great, Dr. Brenda. It's del- I'm delighted to be back on your podcast. Yeah, it's great to have you back. And I have to say, it's always been a pleasure. We have featured you here in our Modern Love Training Center on more than a couple of occasions. And one thing I mm-hmm. can say is people always leave any training that you do feeling lit up and our our folks in our Modern Love Academy are just itching to have you back, so we'll work on that later. But what totally. was your motivation? What was your motivation to write your book? Hmm. Yeah, great question. Well, I think the, my motivation for writing the book was, you know, first of all, to tell my story, which is not that common a story. Um, and in some ways, it's very common. And also just to be able to get the message about my – about you know, that you do not have to feel like you're a broken woman forever if sex is challenging for you. Because I feel like so many women do feel like there's something wrong with them, like I did, like you're broken. And I really wanted women and men to know, like, it doesn't have to be that way, that you can actually be healed from sexual challenges and sexual issues, and you can live a really, truly juicy and orgasmic life. That was really the motivation. Well, that's certainly an important message. And I have to say with, you know, the many, many, many couples I have worked with and trained with over the years, this is a very big symptom. So first describe your transition from lawyer to sex and intimacy coach. Uh, Everyone's always asking Wow, isn't that an unusual path? (laughs) Yeah, it's a slightly unusual path. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, the reason that I ended up becoming sex and intimacy educator and coach is because I was in a sexless marriage for over two decades. Um, Sex had always been really painful for me from the very first time I had sex, and it really never got any better. And um, so, yeah, so after my second child was born, I just shut down. You know, I just, if you will, closed shop. And I couldn't talk to anybody about it because I was so uncomfortable and felt so broken. Yeah, Um, and I would imagine that part of that, because I know for a lot of women I've talked to, there's a feeling of shame. 
Mm-hmm. You know, there's something yes. wrong with me. I feel ashamed of myself. And, and shame being the lowest, you know, vibration of all emotion, it can be very, very crippling if shame is in the picture. Was that part of what was happening for you? Absolutely. I mean, I was, I had so much shame that I couldn't really even bring it up with my doctor, right? So like, maybe I could have gotten help. um, But I I just couldn't even I couldn't deal with it. There was a lot of shame. And part of it was not only was sex painful, but I had had some experiences as a child that I talk about in the book, um, that really caused even more shame, caused me to really associate sex with shame and anxiety. So, you know, take that all together and it, it, it's not a fun, it's not fun when you're struggling in your sex life and um, it feels uncomfortable and you yes, fight with your course. partner. Now, how did your husband deal with the fact that you were not able to be sexual at that time? You know, here's the problem. We never really talked about it. This is, this is just a symptom of what was going on in our marriage, uh-huh. is that we really did not have good communication around us. We could talk about the kids. We could talk about work. We could support each other in other ways, but we could not. We had no language and no skills to be able to really talk about what was going on with us emotionally. I'm so um, glad and, you said skills. I am so glad you said that because for couples who are struggling whether it's sexual issues or any other kind of issue, one of the most common things I hear, and I'm sure you've heard this, is, well, gee, we just can't talk to each other, as if there's some magic formula where people just push a button and they can talk. It's a learned skill. It's a learned skill. I just had to say that. So for you, when you started down the path of your own healing, what was the first Mm -hmm. thing that you had to do? What happened? Well, the first thing that happened was I had to leave the marriage. I had to come to the terms that, like, I was never going to get what I wanted and that we were very unhappy, and I had to leave the marriage. And then I had to have an awareness, like, this is really a problem and I need to deal with it. Um, And, you know, honestly, I didn't have a plan for dealing with it. I was single. I was 50. I was living in New York City, and I wanted to date but I knew that sex was going to be an issue. And I honestly, the universe just brought me the answer, which as you know, like when you get to a higher vibration, that starts happening. And I was already starting to go through a little bit of a spiritual awakening, which was very, very new for me. And the answer came in the form of a man who I met on OkCupid, who I was able to say, like, sex is really challenging for me. And he said, you know, I think you might want to try Tantra because I know a little bit about it. And that actually became my doorway. Now, for those who don't know what healing. Tantra is, can you give a quick definition? Yeah, absolutely. Tantra is really, uh, it's an ancient spiritual practice. Um, it's a way in which we look at sexuality and energy from a different perspective. Tantra means to weave. So in Tantra, we weave our bodies, physical bodies, together with our energetic bodies, our emotions maybe our partners if we're doing it with a partner and also like a connection to, to spirit, if you will. So it's yeah, a way to really all the slow down. Of being dislocated, they start to connect together. <laughs> yeah. Imagine all of these such parts a come together. Exactly. And, and Tantra is very much about slowing down and being really present 
And that was just a, a completely, and having no goals or expectations, all of which are really important in order to have a good sex life. And so all of those principles and some others were really powerful for me because I started to have this realization that, oh, wait, first of all, maybe there's hope for me. I'm not totally broken. I, I can actually start to feel a little sensation and pleasure. And also, like, I started to feel like I can have a different relationship with sexuality that's going to feel safer for me because it didn't feel safe in the past. Not that my husband did anything to not make me feel safe, but uncomfortable, painful, obligation, sex, that's not a safe place to be. God, no. Absolutely yeah. not. So when you say that, the holistic pelvic care was also part of what helped you to awaken. What is that? Because it's so yeah. important for women, especially after childbirth. Mm-hmm. Um, so holistic pelvic care is a beautiful practice uh, modality created by Tammy Lynn Kent, who's a physical therapist and a shaman and an energy healer, an amazing woman. Um, and holistic pelvic care is really a process to help unblock the, both the energy blocks that we have in the pelvic bowl, so in the vagina, in the ovaries, in the uterus, um, as well as some of the physical adhesions that the pelvic floor holds, especially after childbirth, just really, frankly, after living, right? We, the pelvic floor, just like any other muscle, starts to create these adhesions, um, which make the pelvic floor tighter. And holistic pelvic care is a gentle way to internally just start to do a little bit of internal pelvic massage and also energy work of starting to release emotions, starting to smooth out the adhesions so that the whole vagina, the whole pelvic floor can be looser and not as tight. You know, it's interesting that you talked about this as also releasing emotion. Say some more about that, please. Yeah, so, uh, you know, a woman's pelvic bowl is really the center. And um, we find a lot of emotions that show up in, in our uterus, in our womb, in our vagina. It's just like it's a central emotional component and place in women from a from a yogic or tantric perspective, it's our second chakra. And our second chakra is really where we store our emotions. Um, it's also the center of our power and creativity, which makes sense, right? The emotional component and the creative component um, are very much uh, connected. And so it's not at all uncommon for, you know, as we start to connect with our uterus, our womb, our pelvic bowl, that there are a lot of trapped emotions trauma, not just sexual abuse trauma, but all of these emotional wounds that we have that um, start showing up. And so, you know, often when I do uh, some holistic pelvic care with a woman, she'll start having memories of things that happened to her or things, you know, sometimes we have genealogical memories of things that happened to her ancestors. Like all of this stuff is actually stored um, in the pelvic bowl, and it's a really good idea to be able to clean this out so that we're yeah, not holding on. Yeah, and I just want to support what you're saying. For those who are listening to you and going, well, gee, what do you mean it could be something in the genealogy? 
we now know, for those of you, you guys all know I'm a geek. This is my only moment I'm going to geek out on science. Started out in hard science, and I, I love it. We now know that there is a DNA, an actual genetic transmission of trauma. And DNA, uh, one of the shamans I work with says it's your descendants and your ancestors being passed forward. And it literally is true. We found this both in uh, Rwanda after the genocide, second, now third generation. The DNA transmission is there. We found it, uh, I was in Israel at the University of Tel Aviv Trauma Center, that trauma indeed is passed forward in the DNA. So when Shanae is saying these things, I want you to really get, she's speaking from a scientific point of view. Please go right ahead. I I love the way that you're weaving, indeed, weaving the pieces together. Yeah. Um, And, yes, everything that you said is true. In the book, I I cite the studies that exist, right? And we do have studies that show that the cortisol levels are higher in survivors of of genocide, of Holocaust survivors. A lot of work has been done on that in Israel. Um, So that's part of the reason why we really want to clear out some of, you know, some some yeah. wounds and so trauma and emotions in terms that of we have. Only because time is short. Getting getting to how can a long-term couple keep the romance and the physical intimacy alive over decades because you're talking about the physical, emotional, mental, spiritual healing component. Let's talk mm-hmm. a little bit about the couple component. Yeah, so with respect to the couple component, there's a number of things that long-term couples can do. But what I, what I think is probably one of the most important things, obviously, first is communication. You've got to be constantly communicating with each other about your desires and your needs around your sex life, which a lot of couples have a really hard time doing, really hard time doing, as I know you know. Um, and I also think with respect to, like, maintaining a juicy sex life, all of the research shows that couples that are most successful are couples that are curious. They're curious with each other. They're curious in life. They don't do the same thing over and over and over again. And, you know, there's other data that shows, and I'm, I'm sure this won't surprise you either, that, you know, women get bored really easily, much more so than men. And women need a lot more Stimulation. I'm not just talking about physical different types of stimulation, but I'm also talking about psychological stimulation. Right. So it's interesting, right? There's little things that you can do, which is like not have sex in the same place on the same position every single time. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be as little as like let's have sex in the living room. You know? Right. But actually, exactly. feels it feels different. Really being curious, reading books together, watching porn together if that's something that interests you using toys you know maybe exploring role play going to workshops taking classes just continuing to do different things and getting really curious about um what might be next for you as a couple the couples that stay together are couples that play together really well that's really so important i'm glad you said that oh my god that is just crucial the playfulness. Now, you're talking about some of the mind shifts that are necessary to have a more satisfying, satisfying, fun, juicy sex life. 
what are the reasons, in your opinion, that sexual desires aren't being met? Mm. Well, I think there's a lot of reasons. I think, first of all, um, a lot of us don't even know what our desires are. That's really true. Like, we're not even sure what we want. Even if we're sure what we want, what, we're want, what we want, we may not be able to ask for it because if we ask for it, we may get disappointed, feel like we're not going to get it. We may feel like we're, gonna, we're going to hurt a partner's um, feelings, right? Uh, we may feel like maybe we're being selfish and taking up too much space. There's a lot of reasons that our desires don't get met. Also, there's a, there's, a, there's a piece around desire. It's called your core erotic theme. We don't have really time to get into it deeply. I do spend time in the book. But your core erotic theme really helps you identify what is the emotion that you are looking for when it comes to sex. And it's often not always what we think it is. Um, so, for example, for a lot of women, one of the emotions that they want is to be, they want to feel dominated or they want to feel taken and some women have you know like to really play in power and other women you know they may want to feel like they are being worshipped right so and this core erotic theme plays into our fantasies and our desires which again for many women it's really hard to even figure out what that is but once you identify that that's a really critical piece of being able to get your desires met because then you yeah, can figure out what Yeah, if you don't know what they are, what you, you certainly can't communicate it. Goodness exactly. gracious. So finally, is there really help for people who may at this moment be listening to us who are in a sexless marriage or a long-term sexless relationship? Absolutely. There's no question. The key thing is, in, in a sexless marriage, the key thing is, that both partners want to do something about it. It's one unwilling partner. We're not going to make any progress. Um, and that um, there's, there's a good connection between the two of them, as in, like, these are two people that actually like each other, <laughs> as opposed to these are, these are two people who are in a sexless marriage and they just really can't stand each other, right? It's a lot harder to – then you have to start working on the relationship component. But there's absolutely help. I work with couples, and I actually have my own program on sexless marriages, um, and I've had a tremendous amount of sex in getting couples back into having some sort of intimate connection. And there's different ways in which we can have intimate connections. It doesn't just have to be intercourse. There's a lot of different ways in which we can, quote, be having sex and being sexual with each other. And sometimes, you know, we have to start slow because it feels awkward and weird. Um, but, you know, as couples start getting more comfortable with each other, as they're able to start communicating with each yeah, other, and it's baby steps any time we're making change. And to, to bring what you just said, that element of being patient, being kind to one another, and being willing to just take each step in a supportive way. Everyone, I want you to know the book is available with our wonderful author, Janae who went from being a lawyer in a sexless marriage to being the goddess and the teacher and the guru of awakening sexuality, healing everything that has to do with one sex, body, emotions, mind, and spirit. Her website is www.powerofpleasure.com. 
com and the book. Would you just say that wonderful, juicy title again for us, please, Janae? Yeah, Living an Orgasmic Life, Heal Yourself and Awaken Your Pleasure. I love that. I just love that title. So good. So everyone, run and get the book. You know, we believe in books and building libraries here at Modern Love. So important to know there's nothing wrong with you. If you're struggling in your sex life, I think that's the core message that Janae Mm -hmm. is bringing us today and that there are teachers, there are tools, there are classes and workshops and trainings to help you get there. So don't feel alone or feel stuck. And here at Modern Love, of course, we want to encourage you to come to our once-a-month training live, full-day intensive here in our Modern Love Training Center. Go to right now, go to Eventbrite, take a look at Quantum Power, Nine Magical Steps to Awaken Your Energy and Your Power, and that is across body, emotions, mind, and spirit to live the life you want to live, and especially the relationship that you deserve to have. All right, thank you so much, Janae Payet. Great to have you with us again. And thank everyone, you, Dr. Brenda. Oh, my pleasure. Big thank you to Mr. LeGrand Green, our executive producer, Cliff Dunning, our associate producer, all of you modern lovers. Be with you again next week. And check us out at drbrendaway.com. Blessings. <laughs>